This is Jewish Board Talk with Cherie Zephard, only on 101.9 High FM. Not many people know this, but the way we breathe affects our health and emotional well-being. Umi Kisten founded Pra Umji. I apologize, founded Prana Wellbeing in September 2016 and is a breathing coach, a mindfulness teacher, and an inspirational speaker. He offers training to help develop conscious breathing techniques that help in areas such as reducing cravings and stress, building lung capacity and power, and improving focus and clarity. Umji, welcome and thank you so much for joining me. Absolute pleasure, pleasure Sharice. Good to be on a community radio station. And I know community is important to you, and we're going to get to that in a minute. But Umji, the minute we're born, we take our first breath. What yeah. happens then? What happens to our breathing subsequent to that? So, so it comes to the challenge because quite often we get slap. slapped on the bum <laughs> that goes with taking this first breath, and that can install stress, and that can accumulate through the time. Breathing to relax is one of the most important aspects of our well-being because life goes on and whether we stress about it or not, things are still going to happen. Things are still going to be a challenge, but it's proven, studies prove that when we are more relaxed, we're more optimal. We have a better perspective of what's around, what is our best option moving forward. We can respond to life instead of reacting and sometimes we build default by the stress that's accumulated and lots happens when we're in our childhood. Lots of psychological background says that the inner child is what we need to heal that's following us in the background of where we're at and how we make our decisions, especially if we, we're not optimal and we, we go to our default of anger, frustration, irritation, stress and st- anxiety is not a first, is not a first layer, not a first level emotion. It's a secondary emotion and it's based on the accumulation of stress that we haven't released. So breathing can help us l- release, let go. You got to tell me in a second because we have to take our first advert break. Okay. Um, as soon as that, um, in, a, in a minute, how we can refocus our breathing. This is Jewish Board Talk with Cherie Zephard, only on 101.9 High FM. And I'm talking to MG Kisten, who is a founder of Prana Wellbeing and a breathing coach. MG. Um, we all breathe, but we obviously don't do it correctly. Um, what is correct breathing? And if I can just add to that, to what extent do Eastern philosophies have a, a, a hold on breathing that we in the West seem to have lost? Good point you're bringing up. So in the East, there have been more mindful as to well-being practices. And have sustained that. Now, not across society, but there's been lineages of monks, yogis, uh, martial artists that have specialized and have dedicated their lives. So the beauty of that background is that some have practiced many hours a day for many years and decades to have possibly mastered. And then they've got a following and that's been further experimented. So you've got probably millions of hours of background as to the effectivity of Eastern practices through martial arts, uh, through yoga, through meditation. And the basic that they have is 
So, so I've got a course that, that that's a crash course. It's a five-hour course, and most of the crash material course five <laughs> hours. Yeah, your yes. intense course is what. <laughs> so it's a three-day retreat. Okay, but it's mainly geared towards assisting people to move away from patterns of shallow upper chest breathing. Anxiety is associated with shallow breathing and upper chest breathing. Holding onto grief and trauma and playing small in the world. We all have incredible potential, every one of us in society, from a child to an older aged person. We all have this incredible potential and Oxygen is what gives us amazing vitality to the body and the brain. So if we shallow breathing and upper chest breathing, that's the smallest area of the lungs. So we actually just, we be parking all that potential and we can tap into it from moment to moment. The breath is available all the time. So I'll keep it short and say, instead of upper chest breathing, connect with diaphragmatic breathing. Observe a baby and watch what they do. When they breathe in, their belly expands like a balloon. The diaphragm is the most flexible and the strongest muscle of the body. When you breathe in, it it can expand forward and down, creating more room in the lungs. When you breathe out, it can contract in and up, pushing out more carbon dioxide. So that's the simple formula here. Getting rid of carbon dioxide, stale air with that toxins, and especially we live in the city, we pick up a lot of that, and imbibing life force. Oxygen is life force. If you don't breathe for three minutes, you clinically, or let's say five minutes, you clinically. Umji, when you breathe, yes, do you breathe shallowly, or have you trained yourself that every breath you take is a deep breath? So the challenge with knowing certain teachings is how to incorporate it. I've got to, after 21 years of awareness and teachings from doing a yoga retreat about 21 years ago, a 10-day yoga retreat where you're meditating for over 10 hours a day, a lot of that is consciousness of the breath, being aware of the breath. Although I've got that background and many teachings and many practices, I still, up to this day, have got to humble myself and sometimes go, dude... <laughs> Take a deeper breath. <laughs> Pause in the breath. Don't just react to something that that gets me tense and frustrated. Let go with a sigh. So that's one of the most powerful things I can teach. You've got stress or anxiety. <sighs> sigh of relief. Sigh of release. Let it go. And, yes, so I've got to remind myself so to breathe deeper. So breathing has to be mindful actually all the time. Yes, so it's in, what I do is to use my phone, which is this gadget that's a magic tool. And I set reminders like every hour and a half. I have a little alarm that's not the irritating (laughs) siren in the background, but it's a nice melody that I've chosen. And it gives me a chance to actually stop and for 30 seconds focus on my breath. And then I can actually notice I've moved into shallow breathing because it is the default. And actually, on average, we don't need that much oxygen to sustain us. But if we at the same time, pretty much all the time, breathe in slightly deeper, the body will release more toxins. The body will be more vital. But more important, the brain would operate more optimally. So we all know that when somebody's getting excited, we say, ah, calm down, take a deep breath. Absolutely. Okay? So what your training does, either over a retreat, which sounds absolutely amazing, but otherwise your crash course, what do you focus on? How do you get people to breathe? Okay, so there's three areas that the course covers, that the workshop covers. 
One is releasing that which does not serve you. So it has in that pool, it can have stress, anxiety, frustration, irritation, anger, fear, guilt, doubt, uh, grief, trauma. Uh, in my last workshop, I had somebody said that they released a block that they carried since they were a young girl, since she was a young girl. And she knew during that workshop that she had shifted that grief. So it's that powerful and breathwork is that incredible in that it taps into your emotional part of you, emotional body, some call it, your nervous system. It's directly linked to your nervous system. So you can change stuff that's held you back. So that first phase is releasing that which does not serve you. Then we take a definite break because <laughs> some of us need it more than others. And I ask uh, individuals to spend, preferably spend some quality time in that 15-minute break with themselves just so that they just debrief and come back to the collective again but understand certain things instead of getting into chatter and comparing notes with each other. The second phase is around increasing your capacity through breath work. And that is just phenomenal because the average person breeds with science and biology proves that the average person breeds with 10% lung capacity. So if we increase that to just 30%, there's a huge shift. So people go through quite an amazing shift. In fact, you know, I, I do work in different areas, sometimes in substance abuse rehabilitation centers. And it's incredible. You have people breathe for three minutes, conscious breathing, more dynamic, deeper breathing. And their mind is set free from what could have been crutches that's holding them to past probably guilt, blame, shame, whatever that baggage could entail. I think I've got time for one last question. And my question is around meditation because you're sitting still and you're breathing deeply and you're breathing how you should be and you're concentrating and you're focusing. Yet um, exercise is one of those things that really does, when if you do it correctly, you know, get your breathing, get your heart rate up. Is there a difference to that kind? What is the difference? Does it matter whether you're breathing through exercise or contemplating, or is it different kinds of breathing? And can you heal either way? Yeah, absolutely. So, all solutions lead to one truth. All possibilities lead. The, the truth is one, no matter what spiritual practice you have or religious practice you have. There's a certain common denominator of stilling the self. And that is the limited self. Stop asking the questions of what is not right, what is not complete, what, why have I not arrived, why am I still searching. Stop asking the searching questions. And you can achieve that through exercise. But more definitely and, and, and probably the, the quicker answer is meditative type practice, which is clearing the mind of that which is frivolous, that which is doubtful, uh, that which is stressful. And, 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 and arriving in a place of stillness, you know, so it's been, it's been said in different religious contexts that be still and know that I am. Um, so yeah, meditative practice. Exercise also gets rid of, of the stress, stress hormones like cortisol and adrenaline. So getting rid of that just frees capacity so one can actually be still. So one way or the other, exercise as well as meditation can get you to a place of releasing stress and anxiety and what's setting you back to actually know your potential better. And, of course, yoga would be the, the perfect combination of both exercise and meditation, right? Yes, yeah, so yoga's brilliant is that it's exercises, but it's a doing aspect and there's a letting go aspect. So it balances the two. Umji, I 
we have to leave it there, but I'm going to give out your details. It's info at uh, prana wellbeing, one word, dot co dot za. And if I may, your cell phone number, 073-294-3064. If anybody missed that, they can contact me and I will repeat those details. Thank you so much for coming in. My absolute pleasure. Uh, there's a little bit of community work that we do. So every mm-hmm. second week, we do go out and offer a service to a nonprofit organization and teach a, a workshop on empowerment. So if anybody would like to have further details on that, we are, uh, it's community service is really important for us. So please feel free to contact us. Thank you. I'm sorry we didn't get more time to talk about the community service, but um, hopefully perhaps another time. Thank you for the time. Thank you very much for coming in.